Jumbo. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Disney Podcast, presented by State Farm. Good neighbors are a foundation and a backbone of any community. And during Good Neighbor Month, State Farm is celebrating those who inspire us. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm your host, Amira Martin, and I'm a former Plan Disney panelist. I'm also a wife of 16 years, a mom of three, and I actually come from a long lineage of good neighbors. So my grandparents were actually the leads of the community garden, and even my parents have learned how to be community leaders in their own special way. So I've learned how to be a great neighbor in my own community, as well as throughout the world. Now, speaking of good neighbors, did you know? that this month, September, is Good Neighbor Month. Now, Disney has always found inspiration in the wonders of the world and taken action to support a healthier planet for people and wildlife around the globe. That includes reducing environmental footprint, caring for wildlife and their habitats, and creating stories that inspire action. We call these collective efforts Disney Planet Possible. You can learn more at DisneyPlanetPossible.com. On this episode, we're going to be talking all about how cast members at Disney destinations are being good world neighbors and how guests can learn and even participate in these efforts through fun, interactive experiences when visiting. We'll also get a chance to chat with some of the animal care experts that care for the animals who call the seas at Epcot, Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park, and Fort Wilderness home. But first things first... Let's talk about some of my current neighbors here on the podcast. And I'm not talking about the animals that are out here hanging out on the savannah here at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. Jumbo, everyone. How Jumbo. are you? Great. So good. It's I so know. Excited to be here. Now, what do you think about this view? Amazing. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it so cool? So good. And this is actually where we, us three, were here last for training and I love the Animal Kingdom Lodge so much. So cool. And I love that most of the rooms here actually overlook this very savanna. Mm -hmm. So you can take your coffee out on the balcony first thing in the morning and have coffee with a giraffe, a zebra. Yes. I mean, it's the best way to start your morning. You said giraffe, so I'm excited. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, I feel like we should do some intros. Let's do some intros here and introduce yourself to the guests that are with us. And also tell us a little bit more about yourself. Would you like to start? Absolutely. Yay. So my name's Ariane. I'm 23 years old and I'm from Montreal in Canada. So I'm actually one of two Plan Disney panelists that's from Canada this year. And over on the Plan Disney panel, what we do is we get to answer questions that are submitted by guests just like us all about planning your Disney vacation. Um, and also because I'm from Montreal, I get to answer questions in French from my fellow French speaking guests. <laughs> and Disney's Animal Kingdom has always Always been my favorite park so I'm just so excited to be here oh so fun and I love that you speak French and that we can read your answers in French how beautiful is that exactly oui. <laughs> <laughs> okay Carrie you're up next all right I'm Carrie and um uh this is my first year on the panel like the other two and uh my specialty is Disneyland Resort mm -hmm. and uh my family consists of my husband of almost 19 years we have three kids elementary school, junior high, and high school. And currently we call San Diego home mm -hmm. for the second time. We are a military family. So my husband has been serving in the Navy for 22 years. And I don't hate living in San Diego at all. <laughs> it means I'm close to Disneyland Resort. I'm less than a two hour car ride away. 
Uh, I love getting to have a park day. Like I can just pop in, go for the day, come home. And um, yeah, it's just amazing. So when I'm not in the parks for research, you know, <laughs> um, I actually co-found a nonprofit that works with women in Uganda. Uh, we partner with them. They make baskets and jewelry and we just uh, help be a bridge and um, showcase their their artwork mm -hmm. to more people. And our our goal is to provide them more sustainable income um, through all of this. And the name is Rejoice, which is really special to us because the first person um, who we started working with, that, that artisan's name is Joyce. So oh. it's like Rejoice, like J-O-Y. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you. For okay, me. Nick. Hey, howdy, hey. Oh, My yeah. name's Nick. <laughs> I'm a girl dad of three strong, beautiful girls. Uh, we're currently living our happily ever after with my wife of 15 years in Cincinnati, Ohio, is our northern home. Of course, Disney World is all, our southern. Um, I consider myself a Dill Whip aficionado and lover of all things caffeine. And like I said, my specialty is Walt Disney World, and I love talking everything that has to do with Walt Disney World conservation. So I'm super excited for this opportunity. Oh, my gosh. OK, so all three of you just perfect, perfect for this episode. And I can't wait to dive in with you. Now, we are here at Walt Disney World, so we're going to really deep dive into all of the things that are happening here. But before we do, I think we should just quickly talk about some of the things that are happening at other Disney destinations. So can we talk a little bit about what's happening internationally? Yeah. One of the things that kind of hit me personally was their um, overall goal that they just recently set of net zero waste to landfills. And that has to do a lot with uh, food management. So they think full circle as far as food planning. So from everything from meal prep, when they're developing their menus for all the restaurants throughout, not only domestic, but international parks, but also what happens on the back end, food waste. So they don't want to have all that stuff diverted to or taken to landfills. They're trying to divert it from there to make it as beneficial to us as possible. And I think that's a phenomenal thing that they're doing. Yeah, I completely agree. And one of the other things that they're actually doing worldwide is making the energy that they use more environmentally friendly. So for example, over at Disneyland Paris with my fellow French speaking guests, uh, they're actually building a new solar canopy plant. And it's actually going to be one of the biggest in Europe. So it's a big deal. And it's estimated that it's going to produce about 17% of the resort's energy, wow. which is about the same as a small city. And also it's estimated that it's going to reduce reduce their greenhouse gas emissions by uh, 750 tons. Whoa. So it's a big project, very inspiring for everyone in that same region. And also it's going to, of course, give the guests some much needed shade and it's going to stay in the, the Disney theming. Uh, so you still get to experience the magic even outside of the parks. <sighs> so fun. It'll be so fun to see. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Over at Shanghai uh, Disney Resort, they have this eco-friendly urban wetland park called Wishing Star Park. It's got a hundred acre lake on it. And they actually, I was looking at Disney Parks blog and they said that recently they recorded that they've had the 117th native species of bird visit there. Wow. So this is kind of a cool little area that it was created for guests to be able to get closer to nature without disturbing it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really uh, neat way to bring nature into more of an urban area like that. That's so smart. Love yeah. that intertwining. Right. And that Wishing Star Park, that sounds amazing. Arian, compare or talking about 
energy over at Hong Kong Disneyland. One of the things that they're really doing that sounds so cool is with their food scraps and what they're doing um, with that. Uh, they're collecting all those and they're taking it to an offsite. It looks like a government run anaerobic facility to where this energy, all these food scraps are turned into energy. So they're not only being a part of diverting all this waste from landfills, but they're actually using that to power or contribute to the energy production. So that's really cool, really cool. And one, one of the other things that I think uh, Disneyland, Hong Kong Disneyland is doing really well is uh, since 2021, June of 2021, uh, with the whole pandemic, what they have done out there is a lot of their cast members have gotten together and they put together different uh, meal packages. So they are donating those things to those family, the, the families in the community that have been hit most by the pandemic. So I think that's really cool of some of the things that they're doing out there as well. That's so brilliant. So brilliant. Now, you talked about Shanghai Disney, Carrie, but what about your home away from home? My home Disneyland. away from home. <laughs> of course. So Disneyland Resort is doing some really cool water conservation techniques right now. Uh, one of them is they're taking the melted ice from the outdoor carts, okay. the food carts, and they're keeping the water so at night the custodians can use it to like hose down and wet down the grounds. So genius. So smart. And it was actually um, originally brought to them by a cast member. So I love that they're like taking ideas from all that. Yeah. That is so, so yeah. smart. So then um, you've got your outdoor cart, mm -hmm. get your Mickey premium bar, and then head over to the Disneyland Railroad. Um, that's my pro tip, my favorite way to take like an afternoon break where you're still taking in the park, but like you're resting. Right. And so the Disneyland uh, Railroad, their five steam engines and the Mark Twain riverboat actually run on biodiesel. Okay. So they're taking the cooking oil from the food locations and turning it into biodiesel. So instead of using petroleum diesel, they're, they're saving over 200,000 gallons oh my gosh. a year by doing that. So I used to maybe have a problem with the amount of beignets and <laughs> hand-dipped corn dogs and, you know, mozzarella sticks that I would consume while I was in the park. But now I think I'm doing my part okay. in making sure that these trains are run on the biodiesel. You yeah. love the earth. I and do. And I love that I about do. you. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cast members also have a really great opportunity to get involved with community globally and locally by um, food waste reduction 2021 alone, they provided over 90,000 meals to the local oh my community. Gosh. Yeah, so that's really important. And they've actually earned a couple of awards for their food waste reduction efforts. That's amazing. Yeah. So if you're a guest, the easiest way to get involved is just placing your food waste, your trash in the appropriate receptacles mm -hmm. when you're done having a meal. Easy as that. And they're located all over the park. And there you can be doing your part as well. So... When we're talking about food, I do have to mention Disneyland Resort is doing an amazing job, I think, of also offering sustainable and plant-based options okay. to the park. I'm, we're seeing it more and more, and they're changing it up, and I love it. As a mom who has a daughter who goes between vegan and vegetarian, <laughs> when we go out for a family meal, it can be really hard to find a place that provides something for her that's not a salad. Right. So we've never had that issue at Disneyland Resort. We're always finding new stuff. And usually she's got like a full list of like new items to yeah. try. So we love that they're providing more and more of that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's so great. I'm with her. Although I do eat meat, but I Disneyland gets me with their, the, yes, yeah. yeah. plant-based meals. They really, 
They were getting it with that. So I love that. I literally am your daughter. (laughs) I'm in the same position. It's so hard. But when I go to Disney, I know I can always get something anywhere. Yes, yes. Now, it's not just the resorts. Their Disney Vacation Club is also getting in the spirit of being a part of this, right? Nick, I know you you know a little bit about this. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Samira. But the DVC resorts are getting into the whole conservation as well. At uh, Vero Beach, they're all about the sea turtles, mate. So with the Disney Conservation Team Wildlife out there, they have some great opportunities where they're working on conservation, monitoring the population of sea turtles that continue to call Vero Beach home, as well as during the um, nesting season for these turtles between April and October. You can talk to the cast members at the front desk and actually join the cast members every morning when they go out and take a tour of the beach. And what they're looking for is sea turtle activity. So the sea turtles will come at night, crawl up on the beach. If they find the uh, environment just right, they'll lay their eggs there. So that's a nest. And when the cast members see that activity happen, they'll do their appropriate markings so not to disturb those newly laid eggs. Right. And hopefully if you do get the unique opportunity, you can actually see one of those nests hatch and see those little turtles make their way into the great big blue world. Oh my it's gosh. Awesome. Oh wow. my heart. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Over at Alani, they have a rainbow reef, which is an opportunity to get close to fish. The guests have an opportunity. Um, it's the island of Oahu's only private lagoon. Mm-hmm. So there's thousands of fish in here and guests can get involved by doing supplied air snorkeling that they've just brought back recently. Oh. But if you're not into that, you can also participate in their feeding programs. So guests can go with them and feed the fish, learn a little bit about the fish in there, as well as some Hawaiian culture and stories, which is, I think, a really cool way to get involved. Um And then their animal programs team actually partners with the Oceanic Institute of Hawaii Pacific University. (laughs) They're collecting eggs from Rainbow Reef and culturing them. And their hope for this program is that they'll be able to take the number of fish eggs, Mm -hmm. culture them, and then be able to help fish stop being um, taken from the ocean. Right. Yes. And put into aquariums and instead repopulating the wild. Right. There. Yeah. Helping to replenish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that is so amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. And I love that the guests can get involved with everything, like even what you said, Nick. Now, speaking of guests getting involved, I know that we've talked about Vacation Club. We've talked about the resorts. But I feel like Disney Cruise Line also does some really amazing yeah. things, too. And I think you know a little about that, don't you? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. They're doing so much. Like there are so many things that they've been doing in the last few years to make their cruises more environmentally friendly. And they're really taking the saying reduce, reuse, recycle, literally, and applying it in so many ways. So like just, you know, a quick example, their three new ships are using this liquefied natural gas for their fuel. So it's one of the cleanest you know, best burning fuels out there. And there's so many things that they do as well on the ship. For example, they use biodegradable cleaning products. They'll uh, reduce their plastic use. So for example, they got rid of plastic straws, 
plastic bags at their merchandise locations, and they're also using refillable shower products now. So that also reduced their number of you know, plastic bottles drastically, but they also encourage guests to get involved as well. So bring your own water bottle. Uh, so they have refillable water stations around the ship, but also on Castaway Key. So you can just bring your own water bottle, not use these single-use plastic water bottles. Mm-hmm. So that also helps, you know, um, reduce your use of single-use plastic. Uh, but also at the same time on Castaway Key, if you want to learn more about animals, they actually have this really cool program where you get to learn more about stingrays. And the coolest part is that you actually get to feed them, which sounds wow. amazing. Oh my gosh, yes. yes, it does. I want to do that so badly. <laughs> and they do so much work to help animals as well. So for example, you know, coral reefs are so important to the marine life that lives in the Bahamas and just around the world. And one of the ways that they help them is actually since 2007, they've been the first group to implement these coral reef nurseries. Okay. So they bring back, they implement species of coral in the coral reefs so that they can rehabilitate coral reefs. Mm -hmm. And that is just so important for the marine life that's living there. So that's basically, you know, like cleaning out the air that we breathe, you know? So I just love that they are leading this initiative in the Bahamas that's just so deeply needed. That is so brilliant. So much going on and so much to help the animals, which is really great. So much. Speaking of animals, guests may get a chance to see animals when they visit obviously where we are right now definitely yeah. behind mm-hmm. us <laughs> but i got a chance to talk with some members of the team responsible for their care and you know what we're gonna check out that chat right now oh my gosh we are so glad that you guys are here welcome erica welcome john thank, thank you, you so much for joining us thank you for having us yeah, oh this you. is gonna be so great now are you ready for a fun q a absolutely sure. okay. yes. <laughs> Bring it. all right now Can you tell us about what you do as a keeper, okay, keeper, Mm -hmm. an aquarist, right? Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Perfect. (laughs) I am responsible for the care of the animals at Disney's Animal Kingdom. I primarily, I work on the bird team. So my team primarily has birds, but we also have a few other critters that we take care of as well. So I... I give them food, water, I clean up after them, I make sure they look healthy. If they're not, I communicate that to people and maybe help to get the vets involved and give them information if we need to get them involved. So uh, work on exhibits, all that stuff. So, yep. Super cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as an Aquarius at the Seas, um, I work with our sharks, rays, turtles, and fish in our 5.7 million gallon environment. Um, and so we are also very responsible for their, their care. Uh, we work closely with our vet team partners in case we need to do an exam or a treatment. Um, just like when we go to the doctor, we need our regular checkups. So mm-hmm. making sure that they're healthy and then providing them with the food and nutrition that they need as well. And then maintaining the environment. Perfect. Two really cool jobs. I'm impressed already. (laughs) Okay, now second question. What does a day in the life for you really look like? Well, um, usually in the morning, uh, it's, I, I, I don't, I'm not like an island. I work with a team of people, uh, really talented people who are really great at what they do. And so we get together in the morning, we kind of compare notes, what's been happening with the certain animals, uh, with certain animals that we've been looking at last few days, if there's some we've been kind of concerned about, or, or maybe we talk about training plans or things like that. And then we usually go to our areas, we check all our animals, we make sure they're good and healthy. We do cleaning, we feed, 
Um, and then if we need to take someone to the vet, we'll take someone to the veterinarian. Um, but, and as we're doing this, we're always talking to guests, uh, almost all the areas in my, that my team works in have guests that come through. So we're chatting to the guests about the animals the whole day. Um, it's, there's no, no two days the same, like every, every day, you know, you learn something about a, a bird or something happens to a bird or, or you, you have a training session where a bird makes a really cool, like makes a good step and does make takes a step forward so it's always exciting you never quite know what you're getting yourself into when you show up here to work oh that's so So, amazing yeah (laughs) yeah our day can vary depending on the animal needs but for the most part we start our mornings with our shark feeds Um, and so we go up to the top of the environment and we'll feed them before the lights are turned on they have a spotlight cue that lets them know it's time to eat (gasps) wow and then we can individually feed each shark and we keep track of how much they ate that day Um, and then we'll move into what we call our surface feeds or our topside feeds and that focuses on animals like our bowmouth guitarfish, um, our spotted eagle rays, cownos, and turtles. Um, while we're also feeding our animals, we can work on training sessions with them. And so, for example, we can work on a voluntary capture session, okay. which means that an animal will swim over the stretcher. And what we can do then is we can ask them into that stretcher if they want to participate. They do. We can then transfer them into a medical tub or if we need to do an exam with our vet team. Um, but it's totally voluntary. They can come participate if they want to or not. And uh, it just makes it less stressful on the animals to yes. be able to get that going each time. So, um, And then we also have a unique experience where we get to dive to feed our animals. So we scuba dive daily. Um, and so we have our team that goes in the water that will uh, feed each individual animal and we keep track of what they're eating, how do they look, are they healthy, um, and just gives us a great way to look at all of our animals to make sure that they're doing well. And then for our fish, we have a couple of different strategies that we use to feed them because we want to make sure they're all getting food. Um, We can do our surface feeds, our broadcast feeds, and that focuses on our more open water fish. They'll eat different fish types like capelin, squid, herring. Um, We also have gel that they eat uh, that's prepared by the Animal Nutrition Center. Cool. And then we have our in-water broadcast feed, and that targets some of our smaller fish that like to hide more in the corals. And so our divers will go in, they'll disperse the food around for them, and those have smaller food items, like our krill or pellets, and also a type of gel for them. And then our grazing fish, we can put in lettuce for them, and they can nibble on that throughout the environment. Oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. (laughs) You both have very busy days. No matter what's going on, it's going to be a busy day. That's true. Love that. Okay, I got another question for you. Now, what is your favorite animal care duty? Erica first this time. All right. (laughs) Um, I really love providing enrichment for our animals. And so enrichment is basically something that we can add to the environment or provide for the animals. Um, And that hopefully draws out some of their natural behaviors that they would do. Um, It also is something that is just kind of an added bonus if they want to participate or not. Mm -hmm. And so some animals like like to forage feed. And so we could put like live clams at the bottom of the environment and they'll use their senses to find the the clam, especially our eagle rays and cow nose rays love uh, crunching on these clams. And (laughs) so they find that in the environment. Um, We also get a lot of opportunities to be really creative with the enrichment. So especially around holidays, we can have nice themed enrichment. Um, So we can make structures that we could put in the windows and that's fun for our guests too. Because they don't get to see the animals as much much close by. So that's so fun. (laughs) Okay, John. All right. So every day, um, when and with the aviaries at Animal Kingdom, we have we have a task called inventory, where we basically take a pair of binoculars, just like the ones I have right on here, and we have to find everybody in the aviary just to make sure it's like 150 birds or, or 250 birds in the Asia aviary. 
um, every day just to make sure they're nice and healthy. And I'm a birder in my personal life. Yeah. And so that's like getting paid to go birding and <laughs> finding each individual bird. So so that's really fun. And I, and I also like doing inventory out when guests are in the aviary um, because usually the guests are like, what are you doing? Because I have a clipboard with a list <laughs> and I'm looking at stuff with binoculars. And I like pointing out species. I like introducing them to a new species that they've never even heard of before right. and telling them about them. So I really enjoy doing inventory every day. It's the a lot ultimate bird search. Yes, I love exactly. It. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Now this one, this might be tough, but I have to ask the tough questions. Are you ready for this? Sure. Yes. Do you have a favorite animal? I won't tell them. <laughs> oh, man. It'll be our little secret, but I need to know. <laughs> yes, I do. I absolutely love working with Taylor, who is our giant shovel-nosed ray, or you might hear them called it a uh, shovel-nosed guitar fish. Um, and so I really love working with her because she's one of the first animals that I began working with on the team over three or four years ago. And uh, she was an animal that was very stuck in her routine. She loved her comfort zone, uh, knew where she ate, she did everything kind of the same way. And so was able to really work with her on new behaviors and started really seeing her personality blossom out of it. We saw her see more confidence and uh, we could work on things like we call a target follow. And so um, an animal, if they want to, you can come over onto the target and then we can move from one location to another, which is super helpful when you're 27 feet down below the surface. (laughs) Um, But we got to, I got to really work on that project with her and, and that behavior. And uh, we learned how to kind of move with one another. And uh, we just started seeing her trying new things. Yeah. And that was just so exciting to see working with her. Oh, Taylor. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell her. I'll whisper to her. All right. right. <laughs> I tell her all the time. <laughs> how about you, John? My turn. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is a tough question. I have two kids at home, and this is like you asking me to I choose know, my favorite child. Um, so, uh, I, and I'm going to cheat a little. I'm going to pick two. So for okay. many years, I worked on the Rafiki's, the conservation station team at Rafiki's Planet Watch with the ambassador animals. And there, in the affection section, there's, there's a sheep there named Sophia, um, who I actually, many years ago, I got to, got to go pick her up at the farm she was born at here in Florida. And I bring her here to Aww. Animal Kingdom. And I've been her trainer ever since she got here for 10, 11 years. So Sophia's my girl. So <laughs> now... I'm no longer on that team. And so she's got other keepers on that team that spoil her now. So she's kind of dropped me like I'm hot. But (laughs) Sophia will always have a special place in my heart. So go see Sophia in the affection section. On my current team, um, inside the Africa aviary, there's a bird called the crested kua. Um, There's only one. He's the only one in there. He's from Madagascar, which is kind of fun, too. Uh, But he's got a lot of personality. And he loves to come close. And he'll take bugs from our hands. And guests get really good looks at him. So he's he's very cooperative. And he's a lot of fun. Oh, so yeah. fun. So we'll have to look out for him. Yep. Okay. Kua, Got yep. it. <laughs> all right. I know. I'm sorry I did that to you, but I just had to know. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> okay. One more question. So tell us about how the work that you're doing is making an impact for animals and their habitats. Hmm. Me first. Huh? Yeah, you first, John. <laughs> um, I th- honestly, I think the work that I'm doing, it, it honestly, I'm not working with like, the big animals that people are typically coming to see when they come to Animal Kingdom. Like they're like when people come to Animal Kingdom and they want to see elephants and giraffe and gorillas and lions and tigers and those really big animals, that's what they're really excited. But 
I think the ones that I'm working with, it really gives people a perspective of, oh, wow, I, like it's a different level of understanding like how diverse the world is and how much out there there is. And so I think the work that I'm doing really helps to pique uh, people's curiosity and wants them to learn more uh, like, oh, I never didn't know this was a thing. Um, also, when I was with the ambassador animal team, um, just getting to people, uh, introducing people to animals up close that they may not have thought about getting close to before like snakes things like that and seeing those walls come down of like I'm afraid of that but because I you seem like a nice guy I'm going to trust you to touch this thing and oh it's not as slimy it's not as scary as I thought seeing those walls come down those perceptions change that's the impact I think that I've had in my career so oh, I love that mm -hmm. wonderful um, sometimes in our role we're able to talk with with guests or they can watch our fish feed where we're um, interacting with our animals. And it's just those moments that we can share conservation messages and tips that maybe people don't know or are aware about. So, you know, just being able to talk with guests about simple things they can do while they're on their vacation. Like for example, knocking down your sand castles and filling in your holes actually really can save sea turtles who are nesting on the beaches and the hatchlings who have to go back out to the water. And sometimes just sharing that small information can really have an impact for our wild animals and wild places. That's amazing. I didn't even know that tip. Yes. Not that <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're Very beach helpful. goers. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, last question. Last one. I know. I put you through a lot. <laughs> but you're so great. All right. What's one thing that visitors to Animal Kingdom or even Epcot should do or be on the lookout for when it comes to our animal friends? How about you, Erica? All right. So, I would definitely recommend being able to watch one of those fish feed uh, shows that we were talking about. Uh, we have an education team member that narrates what's going on and, and we have education team members on standby that can answer questions. And um, it's just a really great opportunity to learn more about the animals that are living at the seas and um, the care that we're doing for our animals. Um, and also if you have the opportunity, head over to the Coral Reef restaurant because it's a different view of the environment and you can check out some animals, especially my favorite, Taylor. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, John, how about you? Well, I already mentioned that I used to work there, but I have a huge heart for Rafiki's Planet Watch over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, I like it because it's, it takes a little extra effort to get there. Um, you have to get on a train from Africa to get there, but it's a lot more chill than the rest of the park. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more relaxed. You can kind of go at your own pace. Um, and the animals back there are really interesting, really friendly. And the cast is very, uh, very friendly too and easy to talk to. You can see the vet hospital back there. Um, you can see a lot, learn a lot about Disney's conservation efforts from all over the world at Rafiki's Planet Watch. So I always recommend that people take the time and go there if they're going to Animal Kingdom. So. Love that. Two very good tips. Thank you so much. So thank you two for being here, Erica. Thank you. Thank John, you. thank you. Thank you for you having me. You did a wonderful me. job. This was so much fun and we appreciate all that you do. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back, panelists. Now, it was so great to talk to the animal care team and learn about everything that they do for the animals and all of the important work that they do for their jobs and how passionate they are. Now, I feel like we should talk a little bit more about how guests can actually see how these animals are taken care of and learn a little bit more about that whole process. So do you think we should hop into that? Maybe we yeah. should talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yesterday I actually had a couple of spare hours in the morning and I was like, I'm heading to Disney's Animal Kingdom and I'm going to check out a couple of things. I had a list of things I wanted to accomplish, but I totally got sidetracked. 
I don't hear enough about the animals that you get to see there, the residents of actual residents of the park. So I headed into the Oasis, which is right there when you walk in. And I got to see Annie the Anteater, which uh, she was taking a little nap. So cute. (laughs) And yes, I know their names because I have been watching the magic of Disney's Animal (laughs) Kingdom over and over. So I feel like I know them. Um, And then you head over into Discovery Island right by the Tree of Life. Mm -hmm. And you've got flamingos. You've got kangaroos. And you've even got lappet-headed vultures. Okay. Which I'm not a bird person. (laughs) But from the magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom, I learned that the names of these vultures are Bones and Carrie. Okay. So I did take a little time to try and get to know her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things, because I always feel like I want to spend more time with the animals Mm -hmm. and learn more about them. And one of my favorite things to do has been to go on the different tours that they offer. So, for example, you can do the Caring for Giants tour, which is all about the elephants. I know I need to do it, too. I'm so excited about it. (laughs) And it's all about elephants. You get to go right up to their enclosure get up close with them and learn more about them, talk to the cast members that care for them. So you get to learn a lot about it. And one of the stories that they like to tell on that tour is actually that the Disney Conservation Fund did a lot to help elephants in Africa because they were endangered due to, you know, conflicts with humans or because their habitat was getting short. So one of the things that they discovered, thanks to the Disney Conservation Fund and Save the Elephants, is that they're actually afraid of bees. Big old elephants are scared of the tiny little bees. It is so cute. So what they actually came up with is these beehive fences that guard the spaces, the human spaces, so it keeps the elephants away. And, I mean, it's a totally environmentally friendly way to keep the elephants away. Mm -hmm. And the people who live there with these fences can use the extra income from the honey that it produces. And the bees, you know, natural pollinators that are there for their crops, for farmers, um, for, you know, local vegetation. So it's just a win-win all around. But my favorite tour that I love to go on is the Wild Africa Trek. Okay, yes. Not just because you get a really good snack in the Harambe <laughs> Wildlife Reserve, which is incredible. And also not just because they have pog juice, I swear. <laughs> I do love it. But it's, you know, you get to spend so much time with the animals. It's a three-hour walking trail through the Harambe Wildlife uh, Reserve, and you also get on a trek, basically get the best safari of your life. (laughs) And you get to talk to the cast members too and learn so much more about the animals, which I absolutely love. Uh, But if you just want to, you know, get your toes wet a little bit and see the animals quickly before your next individual lightning lane, um, what you can do is you can go on the Kilimanjaro safaris, obviously, or something that I think gets a little overlooked is the walking trails that they have. So like the Maharaja Jungle Trek in Asia, or you also have the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail, which is my favorite. It is right around the corner from Kilimanjaro safaris. And you get to see little baby Grace and baby Otto, which are so small. Well, baby Grace isn't such a baby anymore. She just turned three. Oh. But baby Otta is tiny and she's just starting to walk a little bit, which is oh adorable. My gosh. That's so cute. I actually missed out on baby Grace, but I feel like I know her because of the magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom. She was on there too. And I actually heard that there's 
going to have a season two. It's coming soon. I'm so excited yes. to be able to watch that on Disney Plus with my family. Season two. I'm very excited yes. for that. So excited. I'm so happy. <laughs> yes. I completely agree. That episode might be my favorite. I always go back to watch it. I always get so surprised because she's so tiny. In I know, it. I know, but I know. But what I love to do also because I love the magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom so much mm -hmm. is go over to the conservation station. So you take the train to Rafiki's Planet Watch and you actually get to see the vet hospital where they filmed and where they take care of all their animals. And sometimes you might get to see a little animal that's being taken care of. Mm -hmm. One time I saw a little baby flamingo in there, oh my God. which was adorable. But they also have other activities. If you like to get up close with the animals, there's the affection section yes. where you get to pet some of the animals. And you also get to learn how to draw your favorite animal characters at the animation experience, which is so much fun. And you don't have to be a good drawer. Don't have okay. to be an okay. artist. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> I, I cannot draw, but I'm great at the animation experience. So I highly recommend going there. Oh, I love that. So much to do. Yeah, I know. Yeah, super cool. And it, one of the things that is near and dear to my heart when we're talking about Animal Kingdom always comes back to food waste and how we're managing and what we're consuming. Um, so over at Restaurantosaurus, they have this pioneered program where not only are they planning on how they develop their overall menu for that restaurant, what they're serving, but they also get down to the nitty gritty details because that's how Disney is. And it's everything from the utensils you use, the um, silverware that you use, it, all of that's 100% compostable. So all of the stuff after you, you order your food, you get done with your food, there's separate bins where you have trash in one side, everything compostable and then recyclables. So all the compostable material, what they do at the end of the night, they gather up all those things and they go to an off-party site. After that, that's a whole process of how they get uh, the biodegraded process comes back to Disney as compost. And all that stuff is used in the pollinator gardens um, at Rafiki's Planet Watch, as well as outside of Restaurantosaurus for all the plant life with that as well. So if you want to talk about full circle meal planning considerations, that's that at its core. And I think that is so that amazing. That is how so they do that. awesome. That's so, so much. True. Yeah. And also at the same place you get to, you know, you have to sort out your trash from your recycling and everything like that. And I think it's a great learning opportunity as well if you're traveling with your kids, yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. little ones, because you get to show them, you know, recycling is important. Sorting out your trash is important. Right. And another opportunity that you have to teach your kids about conservation is actually the wilderness explorers. So all you have to do, it is completely free, and I know it's for kids, but I love to do it, <laughs> is right when you walk into the park, you go and pick up your booklet, and then you have to stop by each of these stations to earn your badges. And you have to do you know, various activities, but overall you get to learn about conservation efforts, different animals, and you get to talk to amazing cast members, which is one of my favorite parts. And the stickers are really cute. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I totally, no I totally noticed one of the cast members there talking and then a couple kids were getting their badges and I was just like kind of overlooking and hearing, trying not to be the crazy adult by myself. <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was, it's a really cool opportunity. Yeah. They're so cute. And when they do the little chant that they oh, do, oh, like, goodness. Yes. Words. do you guys know it? The wilderness must it? be explored. The I wilderness must them. be explored. <laughs> All right. Now there's so much that we talked about when it comes to Disney's animal kingdom, but I know that 
were able to see some of this work happening in some of the other parks. Now, Nick, I'm going to come to you because I know you have a passion for Epcot. I do. Yes. I do. Now, we love Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom. It has a special place for us. But Epcot has got that little extra that I can't really explain what it is, but we are Ep Epcotians, people <laughs> people of Epcot, um, Epcotarians. That's what That's I right. like to refer to us as a family as. So two of the big attractions that really draw us to Epcot that we cannot go to Epcot and say we spent a day there. It's without living with the land and the seas with Nemo and friends. Okay. Same. Yes. Right. Same. Right. So as a big time garden enthusiast, living with the land holds another special place in my heart. So this slow guy, boat guided yes, tour. It's on a boat. So that's going through, going through the land. What we start off first on the first part of the ride. Uh, you're looking at different biomes, how nature kind of rebuilds itself, how the animals help to shape some of our landscapes, so some of our farms. And then on the second half is where I really get enthusiastic about this. So this is a big production and research center. Okay. So what they do is they have from this part forwards is their actual indoor gardens. So they're growing a lot of different exotic plants back there and then they have this other part of this garden where they're looking at a lot of different crazy growing techniques and this is something that i absolutely love it blows my mind seeing <laughs> all the different ways how they're growing things and you know towards one of the ends the plants aren't even in soil the roots are just kind of hanging out like how does that work yeah. it just piques my curiosity as a gardener as to I just want to know more about that. And thankfully, after you get done with the ride, you do have the option for a behind the scenes tour. You get to walk around with a cast member and you get to see a lot of the details of how they do everything there. It is so phenomenal. And if you are into growing your food, into gardening at all, highly recommend this. And one of the extra little perks to this overall experience on the first half of the ride, you're going through, you're seeing all the different biomes, but if you look up on kind of the top area, there's kind of this overhang mm -hmm. where you see people in a restaurant eating and you're like, you know, what? what's the deal with that? So those people at that restaurant, which is Garden Grill, they're eating a lot of the stuff that is grown in the gardens at Living with the Land. That it is, is wow. amazing oh, cool. that you're consuming stuff and then you're staring at where it comes from. So I think that is super awesome. They don't use any pesticides and just knowing exactly where your food is coming from, being served in the theme park, that's amazing. That is. We absolutely amazing. love that. And then moving on over where we're talking about the Seas with Nemo yes. and friends. We absolutely love this because we got to find Nemo. So as you're, going, <laughs> as you're going through here, we're on these slow moving clamshells. So we're going through the land or going through the seas, trying to find our friend Nemo. And as we're getting towards the end of this attraction, the Imagineers were able to put Nemo and his friends actually in this big seas, this big aquarium type thing. And you're seeing them singing, interacting to a degree with all these different fish and wildlife in there. And it's crazy. And then the ride ends. And then we're at a multi-level, essentially aquarium. It's a living sea with so many different wildlife in there. And I got a funny story for you. So as you get off of this 
attraction. There's this multi-level story uh, aquarium that you can look at, but there's also this separate section of manatee that are in there. My three-year-old daughter, she loves that. And you can see them from under the water. So we're in there. If they are under the water, you get to see them swimming around. You see them swimming around up top. So we go on the second level. And from time to time, the cast members will come out and start interacting with the different audience. If we have any questions, they'll educate us about it. And then they feed the manatees. So what they feed the manatees is some lettuce. And we see that all the time. And I'm talking to my daughter about, you know, look, she's eating the lettuce. This is amazing. You're going to eat lettuce just like her for your salads, right? And she's like, no, I don't like it. Plus, I want to save it for the manatees. So I'm not going to eat it. So if you ladies have any parenting podcast, just let me know because I need to figure out a different plan of attack because I just struck out big time with that. I mean, she sounds pretty smart to me. Right. Yeah, she's a spitfire, that little one. She (laughs) is. She just keeps us on our toes. But the other thing that we really love to do with all three of my girls, at the end of um, the whole clamshell ride, you have this option for a Finding Dory scavenger hunt. Oh, okay. So it's a little complimentary booklet. And the one thing that I really enjoy about this, once you get done, everything's all indoors that we're looking at, all these, all the seas, the wildlife inside in the water. So this booklet kind of takes you through some different animals, different fish to find that are throughout the aquarium. Mm-hmm. And it, it actually tells us or gives us the extra cue to kind of slow down, really enjoy the whole experience, what we're really looking for. If there's cast members around, we get to ask different questions. You know, we, we're having trouble finding X, Y, or Z fish. Where can we find it? And then they throw in a little tidbit about that fish's habitat, what they eat, their lifespan, things like that. So it is a really cool opportunity that all three of my girls really enjoy. I enjoy as well. One of the other things before you leave the whole seas area is on the bottom floor is Turtle Talk with Crush. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So (laughs) this one is just an amazing experience. So when you go in there, a lot of the kids are sitting towards the front, towards the screen. The parents are in the back. Crush himself makes an appearance to where he's talking, interacting with the kids. One of the funnest parts about this whole experience is hearing some of the responses, some of the questions the kids have for Crush. <laughs> yes. And he's got to be on his uh, he's feet, on his game. toes, yeah. flippers, yeah, flippers, I don't know what yeah. you call him. <laughs> but he, he's on his game and he's interacting with those kids. And it's a really fun and entertaining experience that we all love the the whole seas area. It's oh my gosh. super cool. So super fun. Cool. Now you talked about land, sea. But I feel like Epcot goes the sky. There's something going on in the sky, There's too. There's so much okay. more than that. And before we get to the sky, one more little tidbit about the water that we're looking for. Yes. So as you're getting out of the seas towards the land, as you're walking to World Showcase, Epcot's going through a full kind of re revamp of, of the whole park. And one of the things that I am super excited about is the journey of water. So yes. this attraction, inspired by Moana, that movie is... Phenomenal movie. We absolutely love it. The soundtrack is killer. It's awesome. But with this attraction, it's the life cycle of water. And you're able to get as interactive or not with the whole experience. And we are super excited for what's coming up with the with that attraction. It'll be great on super hot cool. days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> super cool. Like yeah. Fully, I am Moana. It's <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. So as you're also walking towards World Showcase, one of the things that I really love and appreciate being the gardener that I am is how they set up the whole environment of the park. Mm-hmm. 
the park, depending on when you go, one of the fav- one of my favorite times to go down and visit Epcot is during the Flower and Garden Festival. Okay. The whole landscape is just vibrant life. Everything's coming full scale, getting you excited for a new growing season, warmer weather. It's just a phenomenal experience just to walk around and look at all the different colors, all the different plants and how everything's just integrated together. And one thing recently that I was more curious about was I started noticing the stands that were erected throughout the different gardens. And looking at the top of them, it's almost like if you had a vase for flowers, the vase was turned sideways. Had no idea what that was. Talked to a few cast members and they talked to me about the Purple Martin. Ladies ever heard of the Purple Martin? Only because I saw it on Instagram. Damn, there you go. <laughs> Dr. Martin. Yep. So the Purple Martin is a songbird and it's home away from home because this is our home, whether we like to believe it or not. Our, their home is either in Brazil or Latin America. They live in the rainforest and they make the journey every year to Central Florida, to Walt Disney World and Epcot to lay their eggs. They nest, they have their eggs that hatch, they raise their babies, and then they head all the way back home. So I love that Disney is going out of their way to making sure that we have an experience that we can all just integrate with. We love, we love the entertainment of everything, but we don't want to lose the essence of just tearing down everything that calls this place home. And that includes all the different wildlife, the different plants, the birds that make that long trip. And it is amazing. And then as you're making your way out to World Showcase, then you get the full experience of the World Showcase of all the different countries around the land. And Arian, you know a little bit about that, right? Just a little bit. (laughs) I do love, okay, controversial opinion, but I do love to go visit my Canadian friends first over on the Canada Pavilion. I know, I know it is very We're going to get comments about that. I know. (laughs) Uh Or you can, you know, start with Mexico and end with the bus. Okay. I like that. That version is nicer. Yeah. I I may be slightly biased, but what I'm very excited about is that the cultural representatives are finally coming back to the World Showcase. So you can go around the countries and ask actual cultural representatives about their country, their cultures, their traditions. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so excited. I love to go to Epcot and go to the Canada Pavilion and talk to my people <laughs> and, you know, see if there's anyone from where I'm from. And it's always just such a comforting experience, but you also get to learn so much. And one of the ways that you can get your little ones involved is to actually go through the kickoff fun stuff. So okay. it's kind of like a scavenger hunt, uh, but you get these little postcards from each of the countries and they all have little facts about them. They come with cool little stickers. I love my stickers. <laughs> and on the back side of them, they actually have these cartoons that you can color. So if you need an activity on the plane, on the way back, oh, really? so you smart. can just keep those. And they come in a little plastic bag and they're so cute. And I love them. Okay. I just think it's such a fun activity. Adding that to the list when I bring my family here. Yes. For sure. Yes. Yes. So many tips. So many tips. Okay. But sadly, it's almost time to go. Oh, I know. Ready. Sorry. Oh, I no. know. But this went so fast. It did. We it covered really so did. much. Yeah. Yes. And we could just keep talking. We could really. keep talking. All day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't do that to you. But before you go, I think it's time for a lightning round. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. So right. what's going to happen is I'm going to ask you a series of questions and... I want you to give me your answer that comes right into your head as soon as I ask you. Don't overthink it, all right? We are going to go in alphabetical order. So, Ariane, Carrie, Nick. Got it? You ready? Okay. Ready. (laughs) All right, here we go. Now, 
Is there anything you learned while at a Disney destination that inspired you to be a better neighbor at home? 1000%. They always say that, you know, it's great to get involved with the conservation projects around the world, but I learned to learn more about the environment where I'm from. Okay. I think that's something that we can all learn from. Yeah. Love that. All right. Um, I'd have to say living with the land. My first experience with that, my jaw was like on the floor with all of the creative ways that it was going through there. So I guess I don't have an excuse not to start a garden in my very little, (laughs) very little backyard, but my daughters are wanting to, so no excuse now after I've seen what they can do with that. Nick likes that answer. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie, I'd have to agree with that answer because some of those uh, techniques that they had for making, especially like those long viney plants, like the cucumbers, the squash, having the vertical gardens, I actually saw that and I started using that in my garden at home. So some little patches that I have and didn't know what to do with, now we've got these six foot high fences that now all those plants are taken off and it, it it's awesome. I love it. Super smart. Now I know who to talk to. I know. Good answer. Okay, next. What's one offering or experience you would say not to miss if a guest wants to learn something when visiting? Wild Africa Trek, 100%. My absolute favorite, and I have to go back every time. All right. Um, For Disneyland, I have to say uh, Festival of the Holidays that then goes into Lunar New Year. I love that you get a chance to try different foods from other cultures Mm -hmm. and learn about, you know, how they celebrate the holidays. And it's it's amazing. It's my favorite time of the year. I love that. So my big tip, you got to talk to the cast members because they have so much knowledge about every different part of Walt Disney World and the specifics for that attraction that they're at. So whether it be the aquariums with the Seas with Nemo and friends or at a lot of different places throughout Animal Kingdom, talk to them about it, learn something new. The enrichment was something that I learned about, had no idea what it was. And then I just see this random box out there that the tigers are playing with. Well, that's something different that that is engaged with for the tigers to do something new. So talk to the cast members. That's my big tip. So, so true. Love that. Okay. Last but not least, favorite food or snack inspired by a different culture that you have tried at a Disney destination? That's hard, but I think my absolute favorite would have to be the falafel at Tiffin's. Okay. Changed my life. (laughs) I can never eat another falafel ever because it changed my life. So good. All right. All right. Um, Disneyland Park, the Tropical Hideaway. Some people go for Dole Whips, but they have bao buns and lumpia. And the lumpia, they have like a sweet one and a savory one. And I love experiencing both. So. That's one of my favorite spots. That That sounds so good. Yes. So mine would have to be the curried vegetable crew stew. You can get that at Skipper Canteen in Magic Kingdom. So this is a curried vegetable stew, but it's served instead of with any type of meat. It's a pineapple crusted uh, tofu. It's amazing. So Carrie, Arianne, if you ladies are looking for a place to go vegetarian slash vegan, this is the place to go. Awesome. Sounds good to me. Adding it to the list. Wow. Okay. Those are all good answers. I'm very pleased. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Made it. Yes, we did. (laughs) Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode of the Plan Disney Podcast. Be sure to check out a new episode every third Wednesday of the month. And if you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to leave us a review. To learn even more about Plan Disney, you can follow over on Instagram at Plan Disney Panel, and you can also follow on Twitter at Plan Disney. 
Now, if you have a question of your own, feel free to stop by PlanDisney.com to ask it. The panelists would love to answer it for you. And to keep up on the latest news, be sure to stop by the Disney Parks blog. A big thank you to our panelists for joining us today and giving us so much great information. And another big thank you to our sponsor, State Farm. Now, next month, we'll be back and we're going to talk about all things technology and how to use special technology to make your next Disney destination visit the best ever. Thank you so much and we'll see you then.